is uh, from the from the Old Testament, and I've just been meditating on this uh, uh, this story here. And this is a story in Second uh, Kings chapter twenty-two. Uh, it talks about this particular king, uh, and it says uh, King Josiah. So uh, he was one of the many kings, and um, uh, he was the king of Judah, which we won't go into all the history of Israel splitting up into Israel and Judah, but uh, it says it in Second uh, Kings chapter 1, or chapter 22, verse 1, Josiah was eight years old when he began to reign. You think about that, eight years old. Anybody have seen an eight-year-old? Uh, hey, yeah, you be king of the nation. Uh, you know, that'd be really odd, wouldn't it, right? I mean, you know, I don't know any eight-year-olds that'd be qualified to do that, but it says he was eight years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 31 years in Jerusalem, and his mother's name was Jedediah, and the daughter of uh, uh, Adiah of Bosketh. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, and walked in all the way of David his father, and turned not aside to the right hand or to the left. Uh, and so if you go through the history of the kings of Israel, really uh, Josiah was probably the second best king they ever had. So David was... You know, uh, the Lord always t- talked about David, a man after my own heart. Uh, and he really never said that about anybody else. Uh, and he always compared all the other kings after David to David. He either said that they followed after David or they didn't follow after David. Uh, and so David, you know, there's a lot more to David than, than we appreciate sometimes because uh, his heart was always for the Lord. Even, you know, when he messed up with, with Bathsheba, and he actually messed up several times after that. Uh, but uh, his heart was always for the Lord. And he brought the nation of Israel along with him. Um, and so uh, <clears throat> he wasn't perfect, of course, uh, but he was always the standard that the Lord uh, compared people to after that. And so Josiah was a great king. And yet, uh, we're not going to go through all the details, but if you go on and read the rest of the story of Josiah, uh, they went to a prophetess, uh, and, and the prophet said, look, the Lord's still going to destroy Judah and uh, send them into captivity because of all the sins they've done. Uh, but we're not going to he's not going to do that while Josiah is king. Uh, and so Josiah was unable to stay the destruction of Israel because of their sins, even though he was following in the path of David. Uh, and uh, and part of the reason for that is, you know, Josiah was was uh, he went through and he cleaned house. Right. I mean, he destroyed a lot of altars that were uh, set up against pagan gods. Uh, and got rid of a lot of the pagan priests. And, I mean, he really was cleaning house uh, during all his time. But he never was able to get the nation to, to, to line up with the plan and will of God. Uh, and part of that is because the people were just backslidden, right? They didn't want to follow God. Uh, and so even though uh, as the king he was, he was following in the, the path of David, uh, he was unable to get the people to follow him in that same path. Uh, and that led to the destruction of, of Israel. It wasn't long after this that they got uh, uh, overrun by Nebuchadnezzar and Babylon. He got put into Babylon captivity for, for a long time. Uh, and, uh, but the, the, the issue was it's not always about the leadership. Uh, it's, it's about the people along with the leadership. The people have to follow God too. And even if the leader is great, sometimes people just won't follow that. Amen? Uh, Josiah was a great king, second best king of all the kings of Israel. And yet he still could not get the hearts of the people to turn back toward the Lord. Uh, and, you know, I wouldn't say that it's a failure on Josiah's part because people get to make a decision with what they want to do. But it just shows how important it is 
to be in unity. Amen. And so if the leadership is going in a direction that's godly, follow the leadership. Follow that direction. Amen. And that's why, you know, I do like to follow after people that, uh, uh, you know, uh, with Brother Randy. We have a close relationship with Brother Randy and his ministry. We followed after the faith of, of Brother Hagen and people like John Osteen and T.L. Osborne. You know, I, I look to see what it is about God that they're following. And I want to follow in that same path because it's to my advantage. Amen. If they're following God, well, then uh, are they following God in any way that I'm not? And if that's true, then I'm going to adjust my life to follow that. And the people of Israel, they just wouldn't do that. They wouldn't, they wouldn't look to Josiah. And this is a man like David. Let's follow him. Let's change our course and direction to follow him. And they, we're not doing that. And so even though Josiah did do a lot of things, was able to uh, at least get rid of some of the pagan worship that was going on in Israel, he was never able to get the people's hearts to change. And that's, I wouldn't consider that a failure on his part. That's really a failure on the, on the people's part, not looking to the leadership and following after the leadership if they're following after God. Uh, and so uh, it's just something that, it, you know, it was kind of a sober, sobering thought about, about this. Uh, but I just want to encourage you, you know, that God does put examples in our lives. Uh, and if they're doing things that are godly, uh, then we should follow that. Amen. We should add that to our life if we're not, if we're not already doing that. Uh, and it'll be well for us. You know, the, the, I believe that Josiah could have stayed the destruction of Israel if the people had come along with him. Uh, and they and had repented, you know, many times they repented. You go back in the book of Judges and, and so many times they repented and uh, and the Lord would send a deliverer to them. In this case, there was no repentance in the people at all, even to Josiah. Of course, you know, maybe because he was eight years old. When he, I mean, who follows an eight-year-old, right? You know, I don't know, but uh, maybe it has something to do with his age. I don't know. Uh, but regardless, uh, he was unable to do that. And the, the prophet has said, look, the, the destruction's coming, but it's not going to happen on your watch because you're a good man, right? You're a good king. And so it'll happen later on. So, uh, so praise God. That, uh, all is well, though, right? Amen. And so let's stand and greet each other for just a minute, and then we'll get into praise and worship. It's often helpful in times when we sense the presence of God. To, one of the prayers that we know in the scriptures is the prayer of consecration and dedication. And that's just a good prayer to pray on a regular basis in your life. And it's good to pray, especially when you sense the presence of God. And so just in your own heart, as I pray this prayer, follow along with, with me and agree and say these words uh, to the Lord yourself. Father, I thank you for your presence. Thank you. Father, I thank you that I sense your presence in my life. Father, I'll do that which you show me to do. I'll speak that which you show me to speak. And Father, as you show things in my life that need to be changed, Father, I will change them according to your word. And Father, if, there, if there's a path that I need to take that I'm not on today, Father, I will change course and direction and follow your will. I choose to do that which you instruct me to do. I choose to follow your word. I choose to follow your spirit. Father, I will, I will yield to the plan and will of God. And Father, I thank you that you show me all things. You show me the path that I'm supposed to be on. You show me the words that I'm supposed to say. You show me the actions that I'm supposed to take. And Father, I will with all diligence pursue that path, say those words, and do those things. Father, you're worthy for me 
to lay down my life for you. I choose to do these things, Father, as an act of my will. And Father, I thank you that whatever you call me to do or say or go, Father, that you always provide me the grace to do it. And so, Father, I thank you. I thank you, Father. I thank you, Father, for your blessings that you give to me each and every day. And Father, I worship you and thank you for all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. I would encourage you to pray that prayer on a regular basis. Lord, I'll do that, what you ask me to do. Say what you ask me to say. Go where you ask me to go. It's to your advantage to do that because your flesh will, on a routine basis, try to get you to not do those things. Amen? To not do the will and plan of God in your life. And it's easy to justify, you know, your flesh is tired. And, you know, of course, Jesus said that the spirit is always willing, but the flesh is what? Weak, right? It's embarrassingly weak. Amen. Uh, and so, but your spirit is always fully capable of, of doing it. Amen? Amen. So praise God. Well, let's open up our Bibles to the book of uh, Matthew. We'll continue there today. So we are on the, the joyful verses here of Matthew chapter 1. Let's start here, or Matthew chapter 7, verse 1. Let's start here in verse 1. It, just, it says, Judge not that you be not judged, for with the judgment you judge, you shall be judged. You know, a lot of people read that and they go, yeah, no problem. There is no way that most people would be able to withstand the judgment that they give to other people. Amen. Especially people that are real judgmental. There's no way they could withstand that if that same judgment came upon them, they'd all curl up in a fetal position and cry, moan, and, and gripe and complain, you know. Uh, but that's what Jesus said. So he's telling us that judgment is, falls under the law of sowing and reaping. Amen. Judge not lest you be judged. Uh, and so if you sow a bunch of judgment, what's, what are you going to reap? A bunch of judgment. If you sow a bunch of mercy, what are you going to reap? Mercy. mercy, you know. Anytime anything happens in my life, I always go to the Lord and say, Lord, my account has much mercy banked up in it. I need to make a withdrawal from that account. Amen. A lot of people go to the account of mercy and, and they open up the account and a moth flies out. There's nothing in there, right? Uh, you ever done that? Just open up and just, you know, just, there's nothing. It's just empty, right? Uh, and so... Uh, you need to bank up mercy as much as you can. Amen. Uh, you don't want moths flying out. Uh, he said with the same, with the measure you meet, uh, it shall be measured to you again. So if you're really, really harsh in your judgment, what are you going to receive? Really, really harsh in your judgment. Amen. That's the same measure, right? So if you just do a little bit of judgment, you're going to get a little bit of judgment back. If you do a lot of judgment, then what are you going to get? Probably going to get a lot of judgment back. Amen. It's the law of sowing and reaping. And that law has been there. For all time. Now, uh, the thing about the law of sowing and reaping, the thing that we need to understand about the law of sowing and reaping, is there's only one attribute in all of all of creation that can short circuit the law of sowing and reaping, and that's the law of mercy. Amen. You know, uh, all things being equal, you will receive judgment if you're a judge if you're a, a, a judgmental person. But on occasion, you can cry out for the mercy of God. And, and, and if he feels like it, because that's kind of the whole attribute of mercy is if he chooses to do it, he can overlook that and grant you mercy in that case. That's the whole intent of mercy. Amen. So we are thankful for the law of, of mercy because it will short circuit the law of judgment. Uh, but it's not a good place to live because it's rolling the dice. You know, uh, I like a sure thing. The Bible says if you don't judge, you will not be judged. That's a sure thing. Guaranteed 100 percent. Amen. But if you do judge, you might be able to request mercy and obtain it. It's 50-50. You know, I can't tell you if it's going to happen. I can't tell you it won't happen. Uh, 
but if you don't judge, guaranteed that you won't be judged. Amen? And so I like the sure thing, and so I follow the sure things of the word. He said, and why beholdest thou the mote? Uh, one, one definition says, twig that is in thy brother's eye, but considers not the beam that is in thine own eye. Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, let me pull out the mote out of thine eye, and behold, a beam is in thine own eye. Thou hypocrite. So that's, that's a pretty tough word right there. Jesus calls you a hypocrite if you're doing that. Well, I'm just trying to help them. Right, right. Uh, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and thou shalt see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. So, uh, so what's, what's going on here? Well, the issue is, you know, if we know the word of God, here's the problem. We know the word of God. And, you know, you can look at somebody's life by the word of God and go, well, you know, what they're doing there is going to be an issue. Amen. You ever you know that? The issue of judging is not a, about not seeing somebody else's faults. Because, uh, you know, if you're an intelligent human being, you'll see what somebody's doing and, and you go, well, yeah, that's not right. You know, uh, uh, I'm glad uh, most of you didn't know me 20 years ago, 30 years ago. You know, Chris and I have been married 34 years. And I'm just thankful that, that she uh, held her breath long enough for me to grow up a little bit along the way, uh, but, uh, you know, I used to be terrible about these things, just embarrassingly terrible about the, uh, and so people would say things, you know, and they'd say, well, you know, they gave that to, uh, they gave that to you, uh, they gave that to, to you and I, and I'd be like, no, 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 that's the wrong, that's the wrong, it's supposed to be you and me, right, because me is supposed to be the, the, the uh, subject of a preposition, and I is used for the, the uh, subject of a, of a sentence. Don't you know anything? Well, you know, uh, that's terrible. Isn't that terrible, right? Because number one, who cares, uh, right? Uh, and number two, what's it to me? Right? Now, see, it's not the fact that I observed they used the wrong uh, preposition, amen, or the wrong, the wrong, uh, the wrong pronoun there. It's, that's not the issue. The issue is when I decide that I've got to correct them because they're wrong, and my job is to correct them. It's not my job to correct everybody's faults. And that's the problem with judgment is, is, is oftentimes it's not the fact that you observe an issue in somebody's life. Because he said, if you see the twig in your brother's eye, he, it's not the fact that you see that, amen, it's the fact that you've got to judge them and, and, and pronounce them wrong and pass judgment that they're, that they're an ignorant rube uh, and, you, and you know all things. Uh, and, and, and that's the issue, amen. Now, you may be an ignorant rube uh, and, and the other person may know everything, but you don't have to tell everybody that you know everything, amen. Because what's your purpose in doing that? You know, my purpose primarily because, you know, I was a child and ignorant and embarrassingly uh, stupid uh, was to prove to people that I knew more than they knew. Amen? Uh, and is this a competition? Because, yeah, I may know more about a, a pronoun and the use of a pronoun than you know, but what do you know that I don't know? Uh, the list could be infinite. Amen? People know way more things than I know about way more things than I even know about. Amen. I know the things I know, but that doesn't mean I know it more about that even than other people know. Uh, you know, I know about the Word of God, but you think anybody else in the world knows more about the Word of God than I do? You know, there's probably three, maybe four people that do, right? Uh, and I'm joking, right? I mean, there's a lot more people than that. Uh, and so, uh, but that doesn't mean that I should get on my high horse and tell you, well, you're just wrong. You know, I mean, I hear people use wrong uh, scriptures all the time and you know, uh, wrong doctrine all the time. Uh, and uh, I've gotten a place in my life where it's just, I, I don't care. See, the, the issue is that you care enough to, that you want to correct everybody because it's all about putting people under you. 
about showing them that you're smarter than them, more spiritual than they are, uh, you, you know, whatever. And, and, and nowadays, I just, you know, I may observe that somebody's doing something wrong, and it's, so it's not about that, because if you know things and you see somebody doing something, then, then, then you will notice, well, that, that could be an issue. And unless the Spirit of God just really uh, uh, gets on my case, you've got to help them. Because if you go to Galatians 6.1, it says, if you see your brother in a fall, you which are spiritual, restore such a one. So there are times when you've got to say, brother, you know, what you're doing there is an issue. But see, the, the issue is not about judging them and, and putting them in their place. The issue is about helping them and restoring them. But most judgment is just to put people in their place, right? To, I'm the judge, and you're not the judge, and I'm going to stand in judgment as in my, my big fancy black robe and tell you that, that you're an ignorant, you know, simpleton. Uh, and we do that all the time with small things, big things, uh, and correct people. Uh, and that's what G- the whole issue here is not about that there's an error, that there's an issue in somebody's life. The issue is that you've decided that your job is to correct everybody that's around you. And Jesus said, look, if you want to compare it, I've got a long list of things that you've got wrong in your life. You want me to tell you about those? You know, how many issues you think uh, you've got in your life right now that God knows about? Things you probably don't even know about or refuse to recognize uh, that uh, the Lord knows about. Why hasn't he told you about all of them? Well, because he's waiting for you to grow up, first of all, a little bit to be able to handle the truth, right? The, the, the famous movie, you can't handle the truth, right? If the Lord told you all the things wrong in your life, I, I, would, just, I, I would just, again, get in a crawl in a fetal position and just cry. I mean, just, because there's been times he told me things wrong, and I'd be like, Lord, I just, that really hurt my feelings. You know, what you, what you did, you know, what you said or what you did over there, you know, I just, I'll tell the Lord, Lord, I'm so embarrassed that I'm so far from your word. I've told the Lord that many times because he's on my case all the time. Uh, and he's on my case all the time because I want him to be on my case all the time. You know, a lot of people will reject the Lord. I'm not, I'm not changing that. I'm not doing that. And you know what he'll do? He'll just quit talking. I don't want him to quit talking. I want him to get on my case every day. I want to be the person that he wants me to be. Amen? Uh, and, and so he's, he's within his right to judge me every day. Amen? To tell me that, you know, hey, that twig right there. Because he has no beam in his eye. Uh, amen? There's no beams in the Lord's eye. And so when he tells you, hey, that thing right there, that word, that attitude, that thought that you had, you've got to get rid of that. Well, what about you, Lord? Don't ever say that. That's not going to work out, right? Uh, and so, uh, so what, what we've got to do is find a place where we're not so critical about everything. When we see an issue in somebody's life, our job is not to judge them and pass judgment over the life that, that you are not a spiritual person if you have that going on in your life. You know, your hair's messed up. Fix your hair. What's it to you if their hair's not fixed? Right. Amen? Now, look, if they got food in their teeth and you care about them, you go, hey, you know, brother, you know. Uh. But see, some people couldn't do that without lording it over them. Oh, I can't believe you got food in your teeth. How long has that been there? Uh, you know, that's not kind. You're not trying to help them. You're trying to show them how terrible they are. Amen? I had a friend of mine one time, we went to, we went to lunch at Taco Bell, you know, and, if, and uh, nothing wrong with lunch at Taco Bell, but don't plan on talking to anybody else the rest of the day, right, if you're going to go to Taco Bell. And so we went to lunch at Taco Bell, and we came back to the office, and then he goes, man, you've got terrible breath. Uh, and it's like, okay, fine, you know, you know what are you going to do about it, right? Because I didn't have any mints on me at the time. Now I carry these, you know, these high-octane mints right here. These are clean out your sinuses, you know, and I mean, these things are awesome, right? Uh, and so, uh, but... Uh, you know, and so I didn't say anything. And then, and then, you know, another minute later, you got, you got terrible breath. 
And I said, well, do you have a mint that will help me? He said, no. I said, then why are, you, why are you telling me I got terrible breath if you can't do anything to help me? Why are you telling me that? And that's a valid response, right? See, his job is just to judge me and tell me about the twig in, in my eye. What about the judgment in, in your eye? What, why are you judging me? You know, I mean, sometimes you've got to put up with some bad breath. And you, I mean, if you've got nothing to help anybody, what's the point of telling them? What's the point of, of judging them? See, it's not that you didn't observe it. It's hard not to observe somebody's bad breath, right? I mean, you know, you can observe, you walk in the room, it's like, well, who showed up, right? Uh, and, 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 you know, I mean, I've known people that, you know, chronic, right? I mean, they, got, they need medical attention in that area. Uh, and, and don't say anything. Well, why not? It's not my job to say anything about that. Amen? Uh, and so we've got to, and see, God judges our hearts, right? So even if you don't say anything, if you still go, yeah, it, uh, they should be embarrassed. You're still judging them in your heart. Amen? So it's not about not saying anything. Because a lot of people think that the, the point of being a Christian is what you appear to be. No, the point of being a Christian is who you are. And so if someone's got bad breath, well, they got bad breath. Well, don't you think it's terrible? I don't have an opinion. See, judging is when you pass the opinion, right? When you, when you form the opinion. Oh, they must be a terrible person, right? Just got terrible hygiene or whatever. I mean, you know, who knows, right? I mean, I tell my dog all the time he's got bad breath. But, you know, uh, I don't do anything about it because he's a dog, right? And, 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 and that's part of it. But so, so the issue is not about uh, lack of observation. Amen. If you know things, you're going to observe that there's faults in people's lives. What do you do after that? Do you run around and gossip about them? Well, you're passing judgment over them. Now, did you believe that? I can't believe they had all that bad breath. You know, what's wrong with that? Uh, or body odor. You know, if you go to certain countries, I've been to a lot of countries around the world, certain countries, it's literally illegal to have uh, deodorant, I guess. I mean, you the whole, the whole office, right? And they, everybody walks in and it's like, wow, that's amazing, right? I mean, your eyes water. I mean, it's, it's tough. Uh, you go to certain places in the, in the world and they just don't believe in deodorant. Uh, and so, you know, we're also uh, fine and proper here in America, right? With the, you know, I mean, I go through a stick of deodorant every week. Uh, and, and, and so, because I didn't always have deodorant. You know, I've had people tell me when I was growing up, uh, you know, you smell bad. Uh, because, you know, when I was growing up, we took a bath every Saturday, whether we needed it or not. Uh, and, and that's the way we grew up, you know. And, and, and being the youngest, the problem with being the youngest is you got, we didn't change our bath water between number one and, and, and number 11, right? It's the same bath water. And by the time I got in the bathtub, you could not see the bottom of the tub. It was, I mean, it was black. That's, you know, because after seven days of sweaty kids running around outside and, you know, uh, playing in the dirt and eating dirt, whatever you do, you know, we all grew up like animals. Uh, we, you get in the tub and after, after number one, it's already dirty. By the time you get to number 11, I mean, it's, you probably come out dirtier than you go in. And so that means I have an amazing immune system, right? Because, I mean, there's probably the plague in there. I mean, there's probably some eels and snakes. And who knows? You couldn't even see. They could have all been in there, right? Dinosaurs in there. Who knows what was in that water after 11 people? And, you know, you just grow up that way. And eventually you get around civilized people and they go, well, you know, you smell bad. Well, how, how could I possibly smell bad? I just took a bath in dirty bath water. You know, it should be impossible for me to smell bad. But, you know, you do, and so, you know, you do get to grow up with that. And it wasn't comfortable for them to tell me that I smelled bad, but they, were, they cared about me. Amen? But I get around a lot of people, they smell bad. I don't say anything. Well, why not? I mean, 
Well, don't you care? Well, you know, some people, they don't care that they smell bad. So if they don't care, it's not my job to care for them. Amen. Now, look, if they, if they ask me, oh, do I smell bad? It's like, well, you know, I mean, you see that heifer over there? You, you kind of like that heifer over there. You smell bad as that heifer over there. You know, and if they asked you, you know, I would still, even if they asked me, I'd have to weigh the cost. Do I tell them? You know, should I tell them? Uh, you know, sometimes you, you, you know, sometimes you got to help people, but it's always about the condition of your heart. Is your point to help somebody in Galatians 6, 1, uh, you know, standard, or is it to put them in their place? Uh, and so, you know, I've had people, uh, uh, you know, I've told you about the one lady that uh, uh, was telling me about her husband who was right after healing school, and she said, well, you know, God sometimes just wants you to be sick. And she, and she started on this long path of, well, you know, sometimes God uses sickness to help us and to, help, to give him glory. And, you know, sometimes he puts sickness on you to do it. And I'm just looking at her like, you know, uh, uh, and, I, and in my heart, I probably did pass judgment. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard, right? Because it was the stupidest thing I've ever heard, right? But I didn't say anything because it's not my job to, to correct everybody about their bad doctrine. But she, she must have been able to tell me, this look at my face like, what? Uh, she said, you don't believe anything I said, do you? And I said, well, no, man, there's nothing you said is scriptural. And she never came back to healing school. Well, I mean, you know, she should have taken that because she asked me, right? She opened the door to that because and, and, she was wrong. Just bad doctrine, you know, God wants to put sickness and disease on you so they can heal you. That's just crazy talk, right? And look, we've had people, you know, as a church, we get judged all the time. I mean, judged all the time, right? We have people come here. Uh, and then visited, and we'll never come back. Well, and we said, well, we knew people that knew him. But why, did, why did they come back? They said, we didn't come back because you didn't close the curtains during service, and a car came by, and I can't pay attention. Like, really? Are you a grown adult or what? You can't pay attention for five seconds because a car went by? Yeah, I, you know. And so well, they, they passed judgment. The, the, the word that we taught may have come straight from heaven. doesn't matter. You didn't close the curtains. I mean... Now, they're going to stand before the Lord Jesus someday. Did I send you to that church? Uh, yeah, Lord. Well, why didn't you go to that church? They didn't close the curtains. Can you believe that, Lord? And the Lord's like, what? I thought I sent you there. Yeah, Lord, but they didn't close the curtains. Yeah, but I gave them revelation from heaven. Yeah, but Lord, they didn't close the curtains. Yeah, but I could, you could have saved your life from the words that you heard from the pulpit. Yeah, but Lord, they didn't close the curtains. And he's like, we're, we're not communicating here. Somebody's missing something, and, and it's not me, right? I'm like, I don't care. You know, now we're closing the curtains now because, I mean, I, we got a lot of grief for those curtains. Can you, know, you, know, we, you know how many people have said something about, you know, I like sunlight, right? I, I grew up in a cave, right? We grew up, and, and, and unless there was, you know, something going on, there was no lights turned on after dark. I mean, we lived in a dark, the only light was on was a TV, and that was it. Now, I come home, I flick all the lights on because I can. They're my lights, I'll turn them all on. I leave them all on all day long, I don't care. Uh, and I just, I just like daylight, right? I just don't like, you know, you go to some people's house, they got curtains, you know, blackout curtains in the middle of the day. Some people like that, you know. And look, if you like that, I don't care. I'm not going to judge you on that. I mean, you're terribly wrong, but, you know, I don't care. I really don't care. You want to live that way? It re- I mean, I, I would never say anything to anybody because they want to live that way. I don't want to live that way. I just like, I like daylight. I like all the curtains up. I like, 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 I like lights on. I just, I just like that. Amen? Uh, and so, look, now if you, I can't pay attention with this, if the, if the uh, curtains are down. Like, what in the world, you know? Uh, now, did I say anything about it? No. But I will laugh about it because it's like, really? 
that, that's why you won't come to this church. Uh, and so, uh, you know, then they've got to stand before the south, but I leave it alone. You mean you didn't run them down and tell them, you know, how unspiritual they were? No, that's not my job. Uh, it is not my job to run around and, and correct everybody in their faults. That's what judging is. When you run around and start correcting everybody, pass judgment, form the opinion of what they should do that they're not doing. Now, look, some things, you know, are kind of obvious, right? But, but see, there's a lot of things, even in the Word of God, when, when somebody's doing something and they are clearly violating the Word of God. Is it my job to correct them? It's not my job to correct you. Amen? Now see, as a pastor, I'm up here preaching, the Word of God should be correcting you. Amen? And if you'll allow the Word of God to correct you, I'll never have to do, say anything to you. Just hear what the Word of God says and just do that. And see, then, then my job's done. I, I don't have to correct you. On a rare occasion, I have, to, I have to intervene in people's lives if they do things that affect the ministry, and I've had to deal with that over the years. Uh, but, even, but a lot of things... Uh, even if I see things going on in people's lives, if the Lord doesn't instruct me to, to correct it or do something about it, I'll just leave it alone. Well, don't you think it's wrong? Well, I mean, maybe. I can make a case from the Word of God, maybe, maybe wrong. But uh, maybe they know about it, maybe they don't. Maybe they've been working on it and haven't got it done yet. See, for me to intervene uh, and step in front of the Spirit of God would be out of order. Maybe God's been working on that for you for days, weeks, months, or years. And for me to intervene on behalf of God without his instruction would be to step in front of his plan. Because he may have, have all worked out that, that I've been working on for years and on, on August the 30th, they're going to come around. Uh, and, uh, and if I jump in front of the Lord and go, you need to do it now. And the Lord's like, I already planned for August 30th. Why are, you, why are you trying to get them to do it now? They're not ready now. Yeah, but they need it now. Well, maybe, but it's none of my business. The Lord's big enough to instruct us, isn't he? Uh, and so, for the most part, I just leave it alone. Amen? Again, the, the only times I'll deal with them, something in the, in the ministry, for the most part, is if, if your actions are impacting this ministry or somebody in this ministry. You know, I had somebody uh, say uh, to somebody else in the church, you can't come to church here anymore. Well, that's an issue, yeah. right? I mean, uh, are they the pastor? Uh, do they, is their name on anywhere on this church? I mean, my name's over there, but it's not on the front of the building, but it's over there, right? Uh, do they have a right to do that? No, they don't have a right to do that. And so I had to have a meeting with them. Say, hey, you know, I know you treat this person terribly when they're outside the church. I said, none of my business. I said, now, if you want some help, I'd be glad to help you there. But, you know, how you treat them outside the church? And I'm a bit. I said, but you told them they can't come to church in here. I said, that crosses the line of this church. Uh, and, and they got so offended because I dared to tell them they were wrong. Why? Because they're a child and acted like a little baby and, and, did, and, and wanted to, to, rule, to be the ruler of things that they weren't the ruler of. And so sometimes, you know, people do have to be corrected. And, and in a case like that, they, the, the Spirit of God instructed them, you go correct them. And I did it nicely, but firmly. And they were still offended. Well, I, 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 said, I said, it doesn't matter. I said, as soon as you cross the boundary of that door right there, you're part of this church. And you don't have a right to, to, to dictate the rules and regulations of this ministry because you're not the pastor. I said, you can treat them however you want to outside these, none of my business. When you walk in that door, you start telling people they can and can't come to this church, you are not Jeremiah. You know, Jeremiah stood at the door of the temple, you can come in, you can't come in. Well, he's the prophet. He can do that. You, my friend, are not the prophet. Amen? Uh, and you are not, you're surely not Jeremiah. But people are, I'm Jeremiah. You are not Jeremiah. You're, you're barely Bubba, you know. Uh, and so, so there are, you know, there are times 
when, when, you, when you've, got to, you've got to judge in that sense. Amen. And see, according to the scripture, I'm, I'm perfectly fine with the Lord judging me in that same way. You know, if I go out and try to usurp authority over somebody else, uh, then the Lord has, because I've judged people who usurping authority here. If I'm outside this, these, uh, the boundaries of this ministry, usurping authority doesn't belong to me. I'm perfectly fine with the Lord correcting me. You know, uh, I've told people lots of times, uh, <clears throat> in fact, uh, uh, this wasn't long. We, we'd started the ministry in 2013 here in the church uh, full time uh, in 2013. And um, uh, within like a, a couple of weeks, we had this, this family come to the church. And they said, we've been looking for a church, praying for a church like this for five years. Praise God. You know, that's awesome. So one day, you know, you know, where do I stand? I stand right here, right? And so uh, the, the sound booth used to be over there. Right now it's over here. But one day at, right, at, right after praise and worship, I got up and I said, you know, I, I ran sound for my pastor for 20 years. I know a lot about sound. I can hear about cables and about equalizers and, and uh, dynamic compressors and, you know, I mean, stuff that's just so boring, you'd all just pass out, you know, I started telling you all the things I know about running sound. Uh, and, and, you know, uh, phase, uh, phase uh, cancellation and all kinds of stuff, right? Super exciting stuff. I said, if I walked into church and the speakers were falling off the walls, I wouldn't say anything. Well, why not? It's not my business, right? I, you know, well, I can't believe, you know, they got that mix. You know, the highs are just way too, too, too high, right? And there's not enough mid-range. And, you know, uh, they need to have at least uh, one subwoofer somewhere in their system, right? You know, because, you know, it's for, for 20 hertz and below. You know that, right? It's for 20 hertz uh, frequencies and below, right? Or really around 100 hertz and below. Because 20 hertz is about the threshold of where you can hear. Uh, and so, because you all know that, right? And 20,000 uh, hertz is a, is a top end of hearing uh, for humans, right? Dogs can hear much higher than that. And you all know these things, right? You don't know these things, right? And who cares? Amen. Uh, and so, uh, so I'm telling all this. Like, I said, I would, I would, I would never uh, correct a ministry on how they run sound. And that a- after the service, uh, someone came up to me. Did you know what was going on? Well, no. Well, when I, see, when I had my back turned, that new couple, that the fella of that family went back and pushed Jared aside because he was running sound now. Let's see, that was in 2013, so that was uh, 10 years ago, so we used 12 years old. <laughs> he knew more about running sound at 12 years old than most adults know, right? Uh, and so he was a good sound man even when he was 12, but he didn't know everything, and so this person decided they're going to go correct him. And, and they didn't just go back there to help him. They pushed him aside, started turning knobs. Well, see, now that's an issue because he's, usur- he's usurped authority. He's taken authority that didn't belong to him. So he judged in that case, Jared's wrong, and I'm going to go for Jared. Well, see, uh, if I walked in a, in, a, in a church and their sound was bad, I would recognize it. Well, what would you do about it? Nothing. I'm nothing. Uh, now, um, I'll tell you this, we'll get back to the story. One time we were in one of Brother Randy's meetings, and they had a problem with the sound. And, and Miss Patty came up and says, uh, uh, Pastor Chip, would you, I know you don't know about sound, would you go back there and fix it? I said, no, I'm not doing that. Well, you're, you know, well, why not? I said, look, if you go back there and tell the sound man that you've asked me to help, I'll be glad to do it. I said, but I'm not going to go back there and you, you drop names and usurp authority doesn't belong to me. There's no way. There's no way I'd do that. And so she did, and I did, and it got it fixed. It wasn't a big deal, uh, and, and so no problem. No. But who did know that the person was doing that? The Holy Ghost knew that. 
Now, what, what kind of church were they praying for? They said, we wanted a Holy Ghost church. That. Now, what, what kind of church were they praying for? They said, we wanted a Holy Ghost church here uh, in this area. Well, that sounds like a Holy Ghost church to me that would get up and by the Spirit of God say something that would correct you without calling you out, right? And they never came back to church. They got, they got offended because I dared to correct them. Now, it wasn't even me correcting them because I didn't know they were doing it. Amen? Uh, and so they're the ones who are out of order. They judged Jared as not being a qualified sound man and then corrected him without the authority that they, they needed to do that. And how many people do that all the time? They could, could come into your life, tell you all the things wrong in your life. Well, that's usurping authority. You don't have the authority to do that. Now, if they ask you, hey, I've got this problem. You know, what do you think about it? You're not usurping authority. They've asked you for that and opened the door. And, and so that's fine, right? You can help people if they ask for help. Some people, if you, I, you know, I'm, I'm not going to tell you. Why not? It, it, you know, it's not my job. Well, I asked you. It's okay to help people, amen? Uh, and so, 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 so it's not about the fact that you observed an issue. It's what do you do once you've observed an error in somebody's life? Are you going to show disdain for them? See, now you've passed judgment. They're not as good of a person as I am. Really? Jesus said, look, just because you find a fault in somebody else, I've got a long list of beams in your eye. Beams in your eye. And that's why I'm so, I'm so hesitant to ever do this because I know whatever fault I might see in your life, the Lord God knows all the beams in my eye, things that he's not even addressed yet, that he's waiting for the right time to address them in my life. So for me to stand up here, well, the Lord's never told me anything wrong in my life, well, that's because you're probably not listening. Because if you would listen, uh, like I said, he's just on my case all the time. I mean, just, just, just little things, right? Attitudes and words and thoughts and, and just, you know, uh, emotions and just whatever it is, just all the time. And I want him to do that because uh, I'd rather him do it than my wife do it because, you know, when, when people... When people, all they do is tell you how wrong you are, you just don't want to be around them. Because you're like, look, I mean, you're not perfect. Why are you all the time just telling me how wrong I am? And, and companies are that way, right? If you, if you make a mistake, you know, I remember one time I, I made a mistake in the sound booth. Uh, you know, I had recorded thousands of messages from my pastor, you know, by this time. I mean, it's three, day, three times a week, right? Sometimes more than that uh, and, and without error. In one particular service, you know, what I would do is I'd play music, just like Jared plays the music, and uh, uh, I would turn it slowly down in the house so it, was, so it wasn't just, you know, really uh, a, a harsh transition. Uh, and, uh, but I'd turn it down in the house, but then I'd also have to turn it off on the recording side too, right? So you got the, what you hear in the speakers, but you also got the recording side for the CDs that we're recording. And I forgot to, I forgot to turn the music off in the recording. You couldn't hear it in the house, but you could hear it in the... And so it just overwhelmed all the message, right? Because all you could hear was the, was the music overriding the, the message. And, and the problem was the message was like one in a million messages, right? Just an amazing service, uh, amazing message that the, that the Lord gave my pastor, and, and I messed it up. Now, today I could probably fix it. I've got enough tools, you know, on the computer to fix those things, but back then there's, there's no way. It's just, it's just lost. And so, I mean, now they're mad at me. Ah, look, I've done this thousands of times, no problem. One time I made a mistake. And so they came back to the sound booth. What are you going to do to fix this the next time? Or, or they said, what are you going to do to fix it so you never do this again? And they got mad because I said, nothing. I'm, I'm not going to do anything. 
Well, why not? Because I made one mistake. And, and, and it just, I just forgot to do it. And, and you, there's really nothing you could do unless you rewire the whole thing and redo everything and, and you wouldn't be any better off, uh, uh, you know, to do it that way. You know, just, I mean, you could reroute the whole sound system and maybe that would help, but it really wasn't worth it because you made one mistake, amen? And oftentimes when people make a mistake, they will never do that same mistake again. Uh, if you're smart, you'll learn from your mistakes, right? Uh, and so they were upset, but they were judging me like you're a terrible sound man because you made one mistake. Really? I've done thousands of these things without mistake. You've never thanked me for all those not mistakes. But you want to you bring up this one mistake. I mean, I, you, know, you think about that. A thousand, it was like 1,500 messages I'd done before that without error. And they want to bring up the one. Yeah, you remember that one time? Yeah. That's, that's one-tenth, uh, uh, like one-tenth of one percent of times I made a mistake. Less than that. Uh, and, and yet people want to, oh, yeah, I remember that one time. Really? Well, see, that's a judgmental person, right? You make one mistake and they just come all, down, all over you. Amen? Uh, and so, so Jesus, uh, you know, Jesus had some good examples. Let, let's turn over to uh, Romans chapter 14 because we love to find mistakes in people's lives. Amen? It just, uh, it's just, it's part of humanity that, you know, the, the best thing in my life is to find a mistake in yours because that shows me how much better I am than you. And that way I know how spiritual I am because when I see how unspiritual you are, that shows me how spiritual I am. Uh, and and uh, if you believe that, I've got some uh, land I'd like to sell you down, you know, uh, some swamp land. But so here we are. We've mentioned this verse before. And, and I want to go through a couple of examples. We may not get through them all today. But there's several examples that, that we can see in the scriptures about judging that will help us to understand uh, how often we do it and how often we ought, we ought not do it. And so here we are. Uh, Paul starts out here in Romans chapter 14 and verse 1. Him that is weak in faith receive you, but not to doubtful dis- disputations. Uh, for one believe that he may eat all things, another who is weak eateth herbs. So w- what's he talking about? We've got two people. One's a meat eater. One's a vegetarian. You know any vegetarians today? Uh, well, why the vegetarians? Well, uh, uh, sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes, see, Paul said they, they are vegetarians because they're weak in faith. They're afraid of meat, right? Uh, and it's like, have you ever tasted meat? I mean, you ever had a slice of bacon? You know, you, don't, you, wouldn't be afraid, you would love it, right? But see, some people, oh, I, you know, uh, I mean, I had one fellow come in the church one time. He said, you know, I, I believe in the New Testament only. Well, that's great. Praise God, you know. He said, but I don't eat bacon. Well, that's not New Testament because New Testament says eat whatever you want to. Old Testament says don't eat bacon, right? New Testament says just as long as it's sanctified by the word of God in prayer, eat whatever you want to. Is that what the New Testament says? Well, that's what the New Testament says. So, so biblically, what could you eat? It's whatever you want to. But how many people, even in the church, oh, I wouldn't eat that. That'd kill you. Right there, that'd kill you. Well, not according to the scriptures, it won't, right? I mean, you know, I remember we was at some family gathering, you know, I put salt on something, right? And one of the uncles said, oh, that's a killer. That'll kill you right there. Really, a little bit of salt to kill you. Nowadays, it's like, well, actually, you know, we were probably a little bit over too much in, in how much salt. No, like, don't take that as, well, well the pastor said, put what salt I want. I'm not telling you what to eat. Eat whatever you want to. I don't care. And, and, and if the doctor says don't do it, and if you want to listen to the doctor, then don't do it. Amen? But, but Paul, Paul said here that there are some people who won't eat meat because they're, 
are, they are weak in faith. They don't have the faith for bacon. Now, see, I got great bacon faith, right? But some people don't have bacon faith. Amen? And, and so he says, let him that eateth, the ones that eat meat, despise, uh, let, let not him that eateth despise him that eateth not. So how many people, you know, oh, you don't eat meat, how come? Well, I, you know, I, I think it's not good for you. Oh, brother, there's nothing wrong with eating meat. You, eat, you need to eat meat. It, you know, it's just, you're just being weak in faith. Well, is that true? It could be true, right? I mean, there's a whole group of people that I know, uh, uh, it's a whole denomination of the Christian church who will not eat meat. And they'll tell you it's wrong to eat meat, you know. And they'll say, well, you know, uh, and they've told me this. Well, you know, uh, we found that, that we are a lot healthier than meat eaters. I said, you're not healthier than me. Uh, you know, I, I don't have all the sickness and disease that you all got in your church, right? Uh, and I wasn't trying to lord it over them, but, but see, they're trying to justify their weakness of faith, right? Well, we don't eat meat because we think it's, it's bad for your health. Well, the Word of God says that's being weak in faith. Now, look, I, I'm not trying to start a war. I'm just telling you what the Word said. I didn't write this, right? Paul said there are some who won't eat meat because they're weak in faith. He didn't say they're weak in faith if they do eat meat. Amen? Uh, and so he said, but he said, let him that eateth uh, not despise him that eateth not. See, you've crossed the line. You can observe, oh, you're not a meat eater. You know, you can observe that. It's not like it's, it, like it's just difficult to observe that, oh, you don't eat meat. The problem is when you go, oh, you must be weak in faith. You know, you, and, and if you were just strong like me, see, now you've passed judgment. If you were strong like me, you would eat bacon, right, and pork chops, because usually it's especially the, the pork stuff that they really have a hard time because of Old Testament scriptures. Uh, and they'll tell you things like, well, you know, our forefathers didn't eat a lot of meat. Really? Were you there? I love that one. Were you there? Um, don't you ever see cave paintings? What are the cave paintings? They're always murdering a mammal. Buffaloes and, and, and you know, the big, the big uh, mammoths, or woolly mammoths, right? All the cave paintings, they're murdering a mammal. You know how long it would take to eat a mammoth? I mean, they're huge, right? They're like as tall as this, this, these rafters here. You could eat on a mammoth for a long time. They didn't really eat that much meat. I mean, if you killed a mammoth, what are you going to eat for the next month? Mammoth again. Or fried mammoth, boiled mammoth, you know, roasted mammoth, roast, uh, uh, hot dog mammoth. I mean, it'd be, uh, it'd be mammoth every day, right? Well, you know, the mammoths were more lean than the meat we eat today, right? How do you don't know that? They just make up stuff, right? I just love when people justify their lack of faith by, by making up things. Well, you know, our brother, our brother, you know, we didn't really eat this stuff like that. Really? You go, the Old Covenant's all there, murdering everything that moves and eating it, right? Uh, and so, so uh, I mean, if you want to eat, 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 be a vegetarian, I don't really care. You know, and I'm not going to judge you because I don't care. I may make fun of you, you know, but I don't, I don't care. Uh, especially, you know, if you're going to be weak in faith about it. Well, you know, and they, they say that, well, I'm healthier than you are. Well, now they're judging me because what does it say the next phrase there? Let, let not him which eateth not judge him that eateth. You ever been judged because you're a meat eater? Absolutely, I've, you know, I've been judged. Oh, I'd never eat that right there. You should, it's tasty, right? Uh, and so, uh, but, but Paul's making a distinction here. He's saying there is one person strong in faith and one person weak in faith. 
Now look, uh, can, you, can you be extreme in that? Uh, you can be, right? Uh, people can just eat too much meat, too much whatever. Well, how much is too much? I don't know. Just whatever's too much, amen? I mean, if you have, you know, a, a meat sandwich with meat bread, you know, I, maybe too much. I don't know. I don't know what the number is. There's no number. I don't know what the number is. But the, the Spirit of God knows the number. And if the Spirit of God says, hey, you need to back off that, well, then it's fine. Amen? Well, you can't eat red meat. Well, why not? I mean, it's like they just make up stuff after a while, right? And look, I, I'm going to go with the Word. I'm always going to go with the Word. Because when, when you, you, you don't think they've got some, some um, ulterior motives out there of emphasizing certain meats over other meats. You know, all these things, they showed back in the day, I think it was the food pyramid, right? And they had like, you know, at the bottom of the pyramid was bread and wheat and things like that. Well, why did they put it there? Because the bread people paid the government millions of dollars to, hey, make sure you put this on the pyramid because we've got to sell more bread. And you end up with a lot of fat people because all they ate was all this uh, bread, right? What's bread? What's the deal with bread? What's, what's the, uh, what's that? Carbs, right? It's carbs, right? People eating tons of carbs. Well, the pyramids said they could eat tons of carbs. Well, see, then, then you're motivated not by what you want to do. You're motivated by this little triangle. And, the, and well, I said, I can eat all I want to. You should eat whatever your heart tells you to eat, whatever the Spirit of God tells you to eat, right? And whatever you taste or whatever you, whatever you enjoy. Uh, and, and, well, you're always setting up for a failure. You do whatever. No, no, I'm not your doctor, right? I'm just telling you what the Word says. And so if, there, if people eat things differently than you do, then you're not supposed to judge them. Amen? And I've been meaning back in the corporate days, I'd, I'd bring in a box of donuts. And you thought I'd brought in like, like, like poison. Donuts? We don't eat donuts. Like, really? You don't eat donut? Oh, you know, you know how much sugar and calories are in a donut and... Who cares? Have you ever had a donut? They're amazing. Amen? Uh, and, and people think, well, you're out of control. Uh, well, you know, I mean, if you eat a donut every now and then, fine. I mean, if all you do is eat donuts, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and snacks, and you're probably eating too many donuts, right? Well, what's the number? I don't have a number. Whatever, whatever the Lord tells you, whatever, whatever your body tells you. Uh, because what, what do you say? He said, there is a distinction some people will refuse to eat certain foods because they're weak in faith, because they, they fear the food. Uh, well, I'm not going to be afraid of, of food. I may not eat it. You know, I may eat it or may not eat it if I don't eat it because I don't like it. You know, somebody said, did you have that food there? No, well, why not? Because I'm a grown man. I get to choose what I eat. Well, you should eat it. I'm not eating it if I don't like it. Well, you need to eat it. I'm not eating it. If it's gross, I'm not eating it. You know, boiled broccoli. I'm not, I'm not eating it. I'm sorry, you know. Uh, and I like raw, raw, I like most raw vegetables. But you cook it. You know, broccoli, when you cook it, it smells like mop water. Uh, and, and I'm just not a fan of drinking mop water. Now, I used to be a janitor, so I know all about that. I never drank the mop water, but you could smell it. And so, so uh, he said, let not him which eateth not judge him that eateth. So Paul's talking about both sides of the story, right? The, the ones who eat meat, judge those who don't. The ones who don't eat meat, judge those who do. You're wrong. You know, you can observe that you don't eat meat, but, but when you cross the line and saying you're wrong, now you've passed judgment, right? Now you've gone into the area of judgment, and you're standing in a position that you don't, that you don't own. It's not your job to run around as a sheriff of the body. You don't eat that. And, I, and I've had people just excoriate me for the things that I eat. Uh, and, and, you know, and, and apparently there's some, 
there's some uh, rumor that's going around that, well, the pastor doesn't like, any, like anything green. I says, not even try a kinds of things green. You know, I, I like salads, and I eat a salad every now and then. You know, I don't have a, you know, some people, they, they, they will get into error because they will almost, uh, out, out of pride and presumption, I'm never eating another salad the rest of my life. And they'll do that not because they don't like salads, but they're trying to prove a point that I can eat only meat and be fine. Well, see, now you've gotten into error because you're trying to, to uh, make a doctrine over something there's no doctrine for. Amen? There's nothing in the Scripture that says, Thou shalt only eat meat. Amen? There's, there's surely no doctrine that says, Thou shalt only eat vegetables. The Bible says, Eat whatever you want to eat, as long as you're sanctified by the Word of God in prayer. So basically, it's what you enjoy. Amen? But see, you, you ever known when you've, you've eaten something too much? Right? Slice of chocolate cake's fine, but eating the whole cake, you know, just, I mean, there used to be a time, you know, I'll eat an Oreo or two nowadays, but I used to, you know, you could get a whole row of Oreos. You ever eat a whole row of Oreos? I mean, you've got to power through about the last six of them, but you can do it. You know, you give me, a, you give me a, a bag of Oreos and like a gallon of milk, and sin will happen before too long, right? I mean, because, you know, you eat one or two, you're good. You eat four or five, you know, maybe, but you eat like 12, you know, the Spirit of God, at, at like six, he's like, whoa. It's like, no, Lord, i got to power through. i got to get through this whole row of, of Oreos. And see, you know you're wrong. And, well, why are you wrong? What's the law? There's no law. There's no Oreo law. But you know you're wrong. You know you've gotten into gluttony. You know you've passed what you should have, and, and you just don't want to control your appetite. Yeah, but i got to finish a gallon of milk, and if I, I can't finish a gallon of milk, at least eat the last... 13 uh, Oreos here. Well, see, that people do that all the time. They get into error. But it's not my job to judge you in that. But, but you can't make cause, well, I'm never eating meat again. I've got the Oreo diet, right? And, and what is it? Is it keto? or there, There's all these Neanderthal diets. and We're going to eat like Neanderthals. Well, you don't know what they ate. You weren't there. Well, you know, we've got, you know, we did this and this. You're just making it up. You, you eat what, what your heart tells you, not your mind, not your flesh, but what your heart tells you you ought to eat, and you'll be good, amen? But, if you, but your flesh oftentimes will go, eat the whole thing, eat the whole cake. You're watching a show, and you, I got to have cake, and you go get the cake, you know? And of course, you know, when the wife's up, you eat one piece of cake. When she goes to bed, then you eat six, and she gets up, where's the cake? I don't know. We, we, we had one piece last night. The rest of it just evaporated, right? I, it was all there when you went to bed, and, and I don't know what happened to it. Uh, and so, uh, and that happens, right? So, that, so there are some things that you've got to do on your own part, but people will, will, will establish doctrine where doctrine doesn't exist. I don't have to eat another green thing the rest of my life. There's no doctrine for that. You're making that up. Amen? Uh, and so, so there's this war that goes on between people who do things and people who don't do things. Now, you can apply this to nearly anything, right? I went to work one day, asked somebody, hey, did you watch the game on Sunday? Oh, I'm not a big sports fan, you know, but sometimes, you know, that's a common thing that you can talk to people about because other people like to watch sports. Uh, and so you can have uh, at least some, and that's a lot of it why I do that, just to have something to, that we can talk about, you know, other than the, the really boring things, right? I mean, it's pretty boring anyway, but uh, no, I, I don't watch TV. I don't put that devil thing in my house, right? I don't watch TV. And they're really judgmental about it. Like, I can't believe you watch TV. And I'm like, if you knew how little I cared, you know. I mean, I, I was in one with some people, group of people. They said, what, what, what football team do you like? 
I said, I don't know. I, I like the Titans. I'm in Tennessee. I like them. Oh, we don't watch NFL. You know, that's, you know, that's embarrassing. You know, we only watch college football. I don't care. I could care less if you love college football. You love, that's fine, right? Oh, we're big, you know, whatever fans, you know. I mean, in this life, there's so very few natural things that matter. I mean, so very few things that matter, right? You love college football? Praise God, I am so glad for you. I could care less, right? I mean, every now and then I'll catch the balls, you know, if I've got literally nothing else in the entire world to do, you know, and, and you know, it's, it's, it, there's a hurricane outside or something, and I'm watching, you know, maybe I'll catch it. I mean, I, I just don't care, right? I mean, I don't really care about any sports teams, really. Uh, I mean, Titans do whatever, you know, maybe. But, but even that, it's like, you know, what, what are they, what's the record? I don't know. Who's their quarterback? I can barely tell you. You know, where do they play? Somewhere over that way, right? Uh, and so, uh, but look, alive it, and that's great. I mean, I don't really care. I love football. That's great. I don't, you know, I'm not going to judge you for liking football. Uh, and so, uh, we were talking about something before the football. I remember what you were talking about. Uh, uh, what's that? Cake, yeah, cake there. Uh, but, um, um, oh, this TV, right? The, the guy was watching TV, right? And so, uh, you know, and, but then he said, then he said, we only watch shows on DVDs. It's like, what the, that's just slow TV, right? I mean, there's no difference. So you go, go get the same show on a DVD as you watch live. It's just slow TV. But he was trying to lord it over me how spiritual he was. I don't watch live TV. I watch slow TV. I mean, you got to get the DVD, you got to put it in the box, you know, get the thing, and you got to switch the, the t- I mean, it's just, it's slow, right? Uh, and Chris used to give me all the hard time. We had like hundreds of DVDs, right? And, and there'd, be a, uh, there'd be a movie on TV, and I'd watch it on TV, but I wouldn't go over to the, to the shelf and pull it off the DVD thing because that's an exhausting amount of work, right? You got to go over there, pull it down, open it up, go find the thing. But, you know, you watch it on TV, and you just, you just don't have to get off the couch. And so it's awesome, right? Uh, and she said, well, so we finally just got rid of all of our DVDs because now you can watch everything on TV. Uh, but he, he just totally judged me because uh, on a rare occasion, and if you look at, if he knew how little I would even watch football anyway, uh, you know, he wouldn't have been so judgmental, I guess, about it. But see, that, see there, so there's a distinction. He didn't watch live TV and I did. But somehow I'm wrong. And so he's going to judge me for that. Uh, and look, uh, I've got to wear a, a certain folks. I won't tell you anything I do. Because he'll just judge me for everything I do, right? Uh, I mean, I, I, years ago, I asked him, hey, hey, did you uh, go watch that movie? Oh, we don't go to the theater. Okay, fine, you know, but uh, every now and then I like to go see a big, t- a big screen, right? I mean, I've got a giant TV at home. It's not quite big enough, you know, but it, it needs to be. I think we got more room. We could still get a bigger TV, I think. Uh, but uh, used to we had this little tiny, you know, it was only like 100 inches, you know, uh, TV and stuff. And so... Every now and then, you know, we haven't gone to movies in a long time, but uh, every now and then we'd like to go to the movies. And even saying that right now, uh, you know, we've got however many people on Facebook. You know, people are going to judge me because I say on occasion I go watch a movie. Now, we haven't seen a movie since COVID probably, but because uh, uh, it's just not a big, you know, it's not a big thing. But every now and then, you know, it's just nice to go, go out to eat and go watch a movie or something and if it's a good movie. Uh, and so uh, and look, people are going to judge me for saying that. I don't care. Well, we don't watch movies, so I don't care. Now, do I watch movies 24 uh, hours a day? Do I spend thousands of dollars a year on watching a movie? It wouldn't matter anyway. It's none of your business whether I did that or not. But, uh, you know, I don't. It's not out of balance in my life. But see, uh, Paul's saying here that oftentimes there's this distinction in our lives. 
And he said, sometimes there's a difference in, in faith of what you, why you're doing that. Uh, and not always, no, you can't always judge it for that, but sometimes there is a difference in level of faith where, where you're at versus where I'm at. And it's not my job to tell you, well, if you were strong in faith, you wouldn't do that. You know, the Pentecostal church has been historically terrible about that. We get up and say, if anybody in here taking a pill, you're, you're, you're wrong and you're in sin. And they would say that. Anybody in the Pentecostal church ever heard people say that? That you're in sin because you're taking medication and judge you for that? Uh, well, that's just, that's error. Because Paul said there's different levels of faith. Now, if you can take your pill with faith, then take your pill with faith. Amen. If you're taking your pill in fear, you're not doing yourself any good anyway. Amen. So if you're taking a pill, take it in faith. Uh, and so, uh, but see, if someone's taking medication, none of my business, right? I don't care. Well, if they were just strong in faith, they wouldn't eat it. Well, I mean, that's technically true, but it's not my job to judge them and say, well, you're wrong because you're doing that. Because where are they? They may be the most kind person in the world in an area where maybe I need to grow and be more like them. And so instead of learning from where they are doing things well and adding it to my life, I judge them for things where I don't think they're doing it as well as they should or they could according to the Word of God. Uh, but it's not my job. See, I stand in judgment over somebody for their difference in my life. And that's really, you know, if, if everybody was exactly like you, you would never judge anybody. But <clears throat> as, as soon as you see a distinction or a difference in their life versus your life, now you're going to judge them as being less than you. And that's the issue. It's not that you've observed that they are different than you. It's when you pass judgment, well, then they're wrong. And Paul said, don't, don't do that. Don't despise. Because he then went right on into verse 4 in one of the most, most amazing, helpful verses. If we will live in verse 4 of Romans chapter 14. Who art thou that judges another man's servant? Who are you? See, that's the valid question. Who are you to judge me? Who are you to judge me because I watched a football game on TV? Who are you to judge me because I ate a slice of bacon? Uh, who are you to judge me because I don't eat meat? Who are you to judge me? Let's see, if someone doesn't eat meat, is it my job to go tell them? Well, if you were strong in faith like me, you get a slice of bacon. Now, you know, certain people, uh, you know, when Miss Sue, she went on home to be with heaven, she was a vegetarian. I'd give her a hard time all the time. Yeah, but uh, you should try bacon. It's awesome, right? She's a vegetarian. She was part of the group that doesn't believe in eating meat, right? Well, we're all healthier than everybody else. Now, and, you know, she's the one I told, well, not me, you know. Uh, I stay healthy all the time, regardless of what I eat, uh, because I stay within the constraints of the Word of God and the Spirit of God, amen? I'm not trying to be presumptuous. Well, I'm never eating another green thing the rest of my life to prove everybody wrong. I'm not trying to do that. Uh, and so, who art thou? The, now, this is a pretty strong statement for, for vegetarians and meat eaters. Right? Something that's not super spiritual, right? This is not a spiritual discussion. Uh, this is some, just some natural distinction between your life and my life. And, and Paul said, who are you that, that judges another man's servant? Are they your servant? See, uh, uh, the issue of judgment oftentimes comes into, uh, and we'll go here in a second, is uh, the question that you can ask yourself is, do you have authority in the situation? See, like when I was talking about in the church here, when that person did that uh, statement telling somebody they can't come to church here, see, they've crossed into my area of authority, right? So this is, this is the church that the Lord has assigned to me to, to be a pastor over, and so I have authority in this church. And when you come and cross that authority, see that fellow back there, he usurped authority. It didn't belong to him when he tried to run the sound. Now, if he'd gone to Jared and said, hey, I, I noticed there's things going on. Can I help you? That would have been fine. If he came to me and said, hey, I've I run sound for a long time, uh, you know, it, it, uh, I'd be glad to help out. You know, I'd have been fine letting him help Jared. Help Jared, 
I'm not going to let him replace Jared because that would be disrespectful to Jared. Jared was faithful, was here every service, you know, and does his job. Why would I replace a faithful? You know, it's a lot harder to find a faithful person than a knowledgeable person. Amen? In fact, the Bible says, the, the proverb says, one of my favorite proverbs, it says, confidence in an unfaithful man in a time of trouble is like a broken tooth and a foot out of joint. You know, because if he had replaced Jared and showed up every, uh, every three services, that had been so painful. It's like, okay, now we've got to find somebody because he's not here. He said he'd be here, but he's not here. Now I've got to go find somebody. The, the aggravation of having to re, uh, uh, work with an unfaithful person. The, the proverb says, like a broken tooth. You ever had a broken tooth? I had a broken tooth. They, they took a tooth, one of my teeth out. is broken in seven places. They said, we've never seen anything like that before. Like, well, if you're going to do something, you should do it right, right? Uh, and so... Uh, it, it was like that. And a foot out of joint. You ever had a foot out of joint? I don't know if people got, is, is it fun? It's no fun. That, what, that's, what, that's what it's like when you're dealing with an unfaithful person, right? Uh, and so, uh, so if you don't have any authority in that, in that situation, then just leave it alone. Do you have authority over somebody else's eating habits? No, then leave it alone. I mean, you can observe it. Well, they're, they're, you know, and you may even ask, you know, why, why you don't only, only eat uh, vegetables? You know, if they say, well, I don't believe in eating meat, you don't have to still have to correct them. You know, you don't have to say, well, you're wrong. You don't have to judge them. You know, sometimes I like to ask people because I like, it's information, right? Uh, maybe it's because, uh, you know, they've got some deficiency in their body. They can't, they can't process meat. Well, you know, we'd have to lay hands on that one, right, to fix that one. But, uh, you know, maybe there's something there. Maybe it's not got anything to do with anything other than, you know, they physically can't eat meat. And there are... You know, there, there's actually people who are allergic to meat. You ever heard of that? It's like the weirdest thing. If they, they break out in hives, you know, uh, and it's a weird, it's a weird thing, right? Uh, I thank God I'm not allergic to meat at all. Uh, and so, so do you have authority in a situation? See, if you don't have authority, then, then what's it to you? Amen? Now, if, it's, if you're the boss and somebody's doing something that's out of order, yeah, you can go say, hey, straighten up. You know, you're passing judgment, but you're passing judgment in your role as the, as the boss, Right? If you're the parent in a, in a family situation and your kids are doing something that's wrong, yeah, you've got authority now. You pass judgment and it's, it's fine, right? You're operating within the, con, the constraints of your authority there. Now, if other kids are doing things wrong, is it your, your, your job to fix everybody else's kids? You know, you get in a church and the churches are terrible about that, right? This parent's always trying to fix that parent's kids over there. Well, you know, you, need to, you don't need to let them do that. What's it to you? Well, you know, they're just wrong. Well, maybe they are wrong, but is it your job to go and judge them in that? You know, I can't believe they're raising their kids that way. They, the parents are the worst about judging other people's kids, right? Uh, and Jesus said, do you own a mirror? He said, have you not checked the, the beam in your own eye? And again, going back to what Jesus said, the issue is you've got just as many faults as everybody you're correcting and you're judging. And in fact, Jesus said, you've got bigger faults. I just haven't told you about them yet. Be aware of that. And, and you'll be less likely to judge somebody. Amen? Uh, and so, so Paul said, Who art thou that judges another man's servant? Are they your servant? Do they answer to you? If you have no authority in that situation, then you've got to leave it alone. Now, look, if, if the Lord, uh, again, you've got the balance of, is Galatians 6.1. If you see somebody doing something and you know it's going to bring harm to their life and the Lord gives you the, the prompting to go help them, then go help them. Amen? And if they may still say, why are you judging me? You know, I'm just trying to help out. You know, and, and, and I'll tell you this, and we'll go. You know, one time, uh, I was, uh, one of the folks when I was with my pastor, uh, like the, the, the one guy 
who, who was so rude and unkind to me for years, lied about me, tried to destroy my character to people in the church. Hey, Jim's doing these things. Just whispering to people in their ear about things that I wasn't doing, that he, he was doing it to, to destroy my character. And look, I don't care. You know, I don't have a reputation. Well, don't you care what people think about you? Not even a little. I mean, zero, right? I mean, there's not even a blip. Uh, but he was just terrible. Just stood up and, and accused me of all manner of evil publicly in the church, often, many times. Uh, and after everything, come, you know, after my pastor passed away and, and when we all went our different ways, uh, I had heard that he was really struggling with some things in his life, just with his business and his spiritual life. And the Lord said, you go talk to him. I don't want to talk to him. You go talk to him. You know, the Lord will send you because they're too slow to hear him. Amen. Oftentimes the Lord uses people because they're, the people are too slow to hear him, dull of hearing. And so sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes he'll send you because they won't hear from heaven there on their own. Uh, and you go talk to him. Lord, I'd rather eat dirt. You know, you, it's not like the Lord doesn't know. Really? Lord, I, was like, I don't want to go there, Lord. You go talk to him. I said, okay, Lord, here's the deal. I'll, I'll go talk to him, but, but you've got to get the conversation uh, brought around to this situation. And if you'll do that somehow, I'll, I said, I'll, I will have a conversation with them. Because I'm not going to just barge in, thus saith the Lord, he told me to come talk to you. There's no way I'd go do that. It would be so prideful, be so arrogant. You know, there's no way. But even though the Lord told me to go talk to him, I didn't tell him the Lord can't, told me to go talk to him. Because see, if they can't hear what I've got to say, because if what I'm saying is the truth, they should hear it without me dropping the name of the Lord. Amen. Uh, and see, if people have humble hearts, they can hear what you have to say without you having to say, the Lord sent me here. Uh, because a lot of people, the Lord sent them there, the Lord never sent them there. They say those things, the Lord never did that. Uh, and so I went and, and, and finally did go talk to him. And he brought it up. He brought up this particular topic. And I said, no, I'm, I'm glad you, you brought that up. Because uh, uh, what, what the Lord told me to tell him was he was the, the root cause of most of those issues there but if he will repent, the Lord will, will, will get him back in, uh, get his life back in line. And I said, and so I said, well, you know, you were, you were the, the, the root cause of much of those problems in the church, which was true. Well, I mean, you were there when it's true. You know, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, and, uh, and before I could finish the rest of it, he goes, well, you were too. I mean, it was, it was not true. I was too. It was not true. I was the, I was the, uh, the, the subject of much of, of the problems in the church. They would call me out and, and ridicule me and, and accuse me of all manner of evil. I was not the cause of it. I was the subject of most of it uh, for many years. Uh, and so he just slammed the door in my face. Uh, literally, not, I mean, not literally, but figuratively. And so I never was able to tell him what the Lord told me to tell him. Now, see, I didn't go to judge him that. I went to go to help him. And because I had no interest in, in being involved in this person's life, you know, till we get to heaven. I mean, you know, some people it's like, I'll see you in heaven. I mean, it's just, I, I don't like being around prideful people. I don't like being around gossips. I don't like being around people who are just got no faith. And, you know, like sometimes the Lord will, will give you a project to try to help people. But for the most part, I like being around people that encourage me, that cause me to, to be better than I am today than I, than I was yesterday. Uh, and so, so I was unable to help him. But I wasn't judging him. I was just, you know, and I never told him the Lord sent me there to him, uh, and he rejected the Lord. He didn't reject me. He rejected the Lord. Amen. So it's not like you don't need to help people. 
But you need to be careful about these things. And, and if your heart is to judge people and to put them in their place, then you're in error. Amen. If, you're, if your desire is to help people, then help people. Amen. It wasn't like I was perfect when I, in all those years with my pastor. It wasn't like I never did anything wrong. Uh, but I sure wasn't the root cause of, of the majority of problems at that church. Amen. Uh, the pastor was, ultimately fell on him because he was the leader of the, of the ministry, but he allowed these other things to fester, and, and he wouldn't deal with it. And, you know, the Lord sent me to that church to learn some things. That's what he told me. And I learned many things to do and a few things not to do. Uh, and so, so there's a couple of other examples. We don't have time to go into them today, but there's a couple of things that the Lord, we see from, from Jesus' examples of things we can do that would show us, that, you know, the question for us is, if we were in that situation, what would we do? And so we can see from his example, well, we see how he did it. If he can do that, and he would have had a right to judge people because he had no errors in his life, right? He could have said, you know, you know he, and he did oftentimes. He called the Pharisees whitewashed sepulchers full of dead men's bones, right? He, he passed judgment a lot of times. And even though he said he didn't come to judge the world, he didn't come to judge the world, but he did judge the leadership in, of the nation of Israel many times, that they're wrong in error. Called them, uh, you're, you are of their father, the devil. That's what he told them one time, right? Uh, now, he had a right to do it, uh, but he still didn't do it all the time. There's a lot of times when he didn't do it. And so we'll look at some of those examples because we need to be like Jesus. Amen. And, you know, and if we were quit judging each other in church all the time, you know, we need, we need to let people walk in that door and be glad to see them. Well, they got pink hair. So what? They fell on a tackle box, got hooks and, you know, all kinds of things in their face and stuff. So what? You know, they got, uh, they, they, you can't even see, you know, uh, the color of their skin because they got tattoos all over them. I don't care. Whatever, you know. Uh, are they here to hear from heaven? Well, then let them hear from heaven. Amen? But if we pass judgment on them and go, you know, you ever got that slanted eye from people in church? Oh, it's you. You know, oh, you got that hair, right? Oh, you, how you, how you dress today? I mean, you know, it's like, whatever. We, we, we elevate things that are so unimportant, right? We take the tiniest little twig and we elevate it as if it's a giant tree. And Jesus said, it's a twig. It's, it's such a minor thing, such an unimportant thing. And he said, in fact, Jesus said, just leave him alone. until you." Well, don't you think he needs to be uh, addressed? Jesus said, you can leave it alone. Go deal with your own self first. And then maybe if you, if you actually deal with yourself, then maybe you can help that person. But, you know, really just leave it alone otherwise. Well, that's, that's living without judgment, amen? Uh, and so we've got to find that balance when... You know, sometimes you do have to call things out. But the vast majority of times, you just leave it alone. And, and you leave it alone both in your thought life uh, and in your hearts and attitude. Because even if you don't uh, say something to somebody about their pink hair, if you give them that look, they know that look, right? Oh, they've judged me, right? And, and you know, if we want to bring people into the kingdom of heaven, we need to let them come in there with that pink hair and, and just be glad to see them. See, we're not, we're not approving of it. We're not saying it's fine. I mean, I don't care about pink hair anyway. But, but you know, we're not, a, we're not saying it's okay to have those things. But I'm not their judge. God is their judge. Amen? He's the only one who has, is the righteous judge. And, and, if, and it's not my job to judge somebody. Amen? And if, and if someone comes and says, I don't believe in Jesus, what am I going to do? Well, you're going to go to hell. Well, don't judge me. I'm not judging you. The Word of God's judging you. We'll talk maybe some of that next week about, you know, that's just observing things, right? Uh, but uh, that's a different discussion. We'll, we'll have to talk about that next week. So let's pray and thank you. Thank the Lord for his word today. So Father, we thank you for your word. 
And Father, we thank you that uh, it's not our job to judge each other. Our job is to judge ourselves and look, at our, look in the mirror and find the beam in our own eye. And Father, if we'll spend the time in doing that, we won't even have time to look at the faults and failures of other people. And Father, we'll, we'll allow people to grow and to increase, Father, and to be told from heaven uh, of their own faults and failings, Father. And it's not our job. They are not our servant, Father. They are your servants. And so, Father, we choose to live that way. We choose to not have an opinion, to form an opinion over people's lives of areas where we have no authority, Father. We'll just leave it alone. And so, Father, we can do that, but we do that by your grace. We do that by your spirit. We do that by walking in the, in the love of God. And so, Father, we thank you that you've given us the, all the ability to live this way if we'll choose to do it. So, Father, we choose the act of our will to live according to your word and to leave these things alone. And so, Father, we thank you for that. We give you the praise and the honor for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I think this is a, a good topic because, uh, you know, uh, almost without exception, and Jared, come ahead and receive the offering when you get a chance, almost without exception, people that I know that have left church and don't go to church anymore have left church because somebody judged them. Uh, not because, well, I don't believe in Jesus or I don't believe in doctrine, I don't believe in going to heaven. You know, there's a one out of a million people like that that are just really not bright. But most people leave church because somebody in the church judged them. What they wore, what they looked like, what they said, what they did. Oh, you shouldn't do that, brother. You know, and judge them for things that, you know, a lot of times there's just innocence in somebody doing something that even if it's wrong, technically, uh, you know, do you know everything that's wrong yet? You know, well, I wouldn't do that. Well, that's great. What do you do that uh, you, you, you wouldn't like published on 5 o'clock news? Uh, amen? Uh, and so if all of our lives were published on a 5 o'clock news, nobody would ever, none of us would ever get out of the house. Amen? Uh, and so the vast majority of people who don't go to church uh, don't go to church because somebody judged them. And look, they're at fault, right? They shouldn't let other people dictate what they do in this life. I'm not going to, you judge me, I don't care. I'm going to do what I know to do, amen? I never left that church, even though they all judged me for, for things I hadn't done uh, because it was a little will of God for me to go there. And so you can't get rid of me. Uh, but everybody's not, thought, everybody's not like that, amen? Uh, and now the people that judge them, they will have to stand in heaven someday. And the Lord Jesus can say, why did you judge my servant? Because he called them, you know, even though they're weak in faith, he still called them his servant. You judge my servant and cause them to, to lose hope and leave the church and, and go flounder on their, own, on their own out there in the world without the support of a local church. And that's on you. Uh, you want to you stand before the Lord uh, with that uh, uh, judgment? Because he's righteous in judging that, isn't he? Uh, I'm not, I don't want to be that way. I don't want to be in that line. Everybody who's judged somebody who's not going to church, come up here in line, you know. All the Pharisees would be first in line for that. Oh, yeah, I did that. I got 18 people not going to church anymore, you know. Uh, nobody's going to sign up for that line, I can guarantee you, right? Uh, but praise God. All is well, amen? We'll be blessed. We'll, we'll pick this up next week, and, and um, uh, all is well, amen? We'll see you all uh, at Healing School today, right?